what's important about understanding like um, that mid-August, really to the equinox, um, it's it's a big change is happening. And some of that does have to do with the elements. Um, and some of it does have to do with our culture and um, the, the idea of like <clears throat> a little bit of resistance to moving into the more yin energies of autumn and winter. Like it can, it can have for some people, people who have a lot of Pitta Ayurveda, Ayurvedically uh, can have the experience this time of year of like they're running out of time. They're running out of time to do all the things that they want to do. People who have a predominant vata in this time of year are going to feel kind of scatterbrained, similar to the they're running out of time of the summer months, but a little bit more of um, there's so much to do and experience and a little bit of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Right. Like, so the vata can get kicked up by being pulled in all of these different directions. The kapha, the kapha feels like that earth energy is feeling a little bit like, Ooh, I know what's coming. And there is resistance to what is coming while simultaneously having the experience of loving, loving order, organization, routine, coming back into the fold. Um, and culturally, we exacerbate this because we have back to school. So anything that is leading us into, and, and those of us who no longer have, you know, children at home, uh, I'm, you know, one of them, even though our youngest is going back to college, there's just much less doing this time of year than there was eight years ago. Um, so even those of us who don't have that back to school energy in our household, it is ingrained. We started all of our formative years setting this pattern in motion. And so it's almost like we have this anticipation while also dread that sets in of like, oh, you know, like this is a new start. Oh, it's not a new start. I, I don't want to let go of summer. I don't want to let go of this free time, alleged or not free time that we have um, and, and move into something that is darker, something that is more rigid and structured. What do we look at it through uh, an anthropological perspective? This time of year, there is a lot to do to get ready for surviving winter. So we have that written in our DNA as well. So it can still have that like, is there more stuff I have to do? What do I need to do here? What do I need to do there? Even though we know we're not going to starve in February, like we're probably not going to starve in February. We're going to have access to food. Um, and this is one of the things that I really, really love about earth-based spirituality, because I think it does the best job of talking about and ushering us through this time of year with ceremony and ritual. So in that uh, shifting over into more yin energy, rather than clinging and struggling with uh, letting go of whatever it is we're here to let go of, or whatever it is that is just, it might just not get done. That's a practice in letting go. This thing just might not get done. 
um, rather than clinging, we're able to look at like really evaluating what we want to harvest this fall and making space for that harvest, making space for as much nourishment as we can find. And again, we're not talking about food in our modern culture, but we are talking about other nourishment, revelry, um, fun, laughter, joy, play, so that that can be what sustains us when we feel a lack of access to nourishment in February and March. And so if we were Druids, if it was thousands of years ago, we would be focused on getting everything ready for an equinox festival that would last days. Okay, we would be looking at how is my life in balance and how is it and where is it out of balance and what am I committing to? So we'll move step-by-step step into this like preparation of festival for the equinox and that shifts our thinking over into something that is uh, much more um, joyful than what February or March might look like, or any kind of scarcity mindset, or any kind of wishing that things might be different, uh, because it's, it's actionable, and it's in this present moment. Over these next few weeks, what are we here to recognize around balance in our lives? And what are we here to celebrate at that equinox point of equal daylight and equal darkness. You know, where have we shed layers of shadow over the last year? Where have we invited in light and also not avoided things that are uncomfortable or things that are not, you know, happy and joyful and pleasant, right? We want to have the balance of both and understand that we're always going to be in that flow and in those waves and tide cycles of this feels really good. I love this. I want to be here. <laughs> this feels not so good. And I'm also going to be here. Right. Uh, so it just shifts our thinking into something that is a little bit closer and something that is about revelry and joy and celebration for all of, all of the work that we've done really ultimately since February 1st, February 2nd, um, to, to this time of year, and certainly looking at the spring equinox to the fall equinox and all of the abundance that has been ushered in. Because what happens from the fall equinox to uh, October 31st, November 1st, is death and letting things die. And it's hard to let things die if we don't know what we're ready to release. We don't know what we have outgrown. And so in, in this, you know, in this aspect, we can shift our perspective around fifth season by looking at it as a time to, um, you know, where is there, it's so interesting to me that we think about things like spring cleaning, when in the wheel of the year, this is the time to do that. This is the time to look at where, where am I out of balance of things? Where have I collected too much shit? Where am I clinging to stuff that, you know, I, I remember doing this a couple of years ago. I still had all of my textbooks and all of my, um, you know, historic books around U.S. history and government, things that I had when I was teaching high school. 
And I was like, why? This is not a, this is not my life anymore. I'm all done with this chapter. Why am I holding on to this? And it can feel so like, but th- because this is a part of me. And when we do that release, when we let those things die that are no longer a part of us, and this is the time of year to do it, uh, we make so much more space for stillness and going within. When we're hunkered down in the dark months and winter, we don't feel claustrophobic. We don't feel like we're surrounded by a bunch of crap. Um, and and we can we can be in that womb space in a really beautiful way. The other thing that often trips us up is that we struggle with talking about letting things die, period, culturally. You know, so so it's a really great time to think about what our relationship is with death, with grief, with release, with um, separation from something. And can we be with the awareness that, man, if we can't, if I can't let go of my history books, how is that going to translate over into letting go of someone I love who, whose time is no longer on this planet? You know, that's, uh, it's, it's important to practice these things so that when they happen and it, and it feels really charged, we have um, reference to go back to. So we can be like, you know what? I did this. I did this on this scale. And now I'm going to step into being able to do it at this level and this scale. So there's just so much going on this time of year. And the more awareness we can bring into it. And the and also the the awareness that like, this is so universal of an experience and yes vatas will experience it different than pittas and different than kathas um and it's all still a very universal experience i rest during pitta time of day is really important this time of year and it doesn't need to be an epic nap doesn't need to be you know for hours and hours i but just Closing your eyes, maybe a yoga nidra recording for 20 minutes in the middle of the day. It's a really, really important practice to just keep our batteries charged. Again, thinking about what am I harvesting right now? So that in those leaner months uh, and the, the sunshine and the daylight and the vitamin D isn't as prevalent um we can we can tap into that internal storage we can tap into those practices i uh, one of my favorite meditations is i um i go into using all of my senses to physically being in this tide pool in costa rica so i was on the beach um i was just kneeling in the tide pool I was a, it was a perfect balance of salt and water on my skin, being cool, being up to my waist in the pool and the sun beating down on me. I could feel that hot sun and the wind and smelling the ocean. And it's those kind of experiences we bank and then we use them in a visualization meditation when things aren't feeling like a beach in Costa Rica. And, you know, chanting a call is that's the death chant and um and it's the death chant because it's actually the deathless chant it means deathless 
infinite. Call a call, siri a call, maha a call. Um, when we chant a call, we recognize that everything is always moving through seasons and cycles of death, rebirth, growth, shedding of layers, death, rebirth, growth. It's just constant. So we chant a call to honor that, yes, there are these deaths and these are, and, and really ultimately it's because everything is deathless at its essence. 